If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast, the podcast where we show you how to look and feel your best, live your best life, and wake up every day feeling like you're ready to seize the day and straighten out that crown, queens. Oh, wow. I thought you were going to take it in more of like a newscaster direction. Like this is where we share hard-hitting news and explore disturbing stories because today we're doing a very special episode covering Emily's least favorite genre true crime yeah yeah actually none of what i said is true this is two um depressed but hilarious people recapping various shows and documentaries and this is a segment we like to call sammy making me watch things that i don't really want to watch but i watch anyway Uh, i'm emily rose i'm here with sammy if you're new here yeah hi um we're co-anchors today and we're we're trying something new. We we couldn't think of like an episode that was hitting right from the lexicon of reality TV. No, actually, we had a documentary that I really wanted to watch. This was a true crime that I could get behind, which was analyzing the role mm-hmm. of internet sleuths. Yeah. That right. that um and how that affects and messes with investigations. But Daddy Trudeau didn't want us to have that in Canada, so we didn't have it available. So we turned to another documentary, which was very fascinating, and it made me very scared. So I'm going to need you to walk me through it. But it is a fascinating story. It also checked off a lot of boxes for me. Like the family was in the documentary. They were involved, so they approve. That makes it feel like it's not exploitative. It is one of, I think, Netflix's sort of, okay, this is how I see it. At some point, post-2015, they were like, let's find as many cases as we can that could be called a real-life gone girl and make documentaries about all of them because that's what people want is, like, twists and turns and do we trust a woman and, like, 
I had recently watched the other one. Um, it was called An American Nightmare. Definitely don't recommend that for you or anyone who may have any triggers around. I don't know. Kidnapping, sexual assault, like horrible, horrible, horrible things were discussed in it. Um, and this is kind of just like it feels like a twin to that. Like very similar production, very similar stories. Oh, you're really selling it. <laughs> don't watch this other thing, but this very well, similar thing yeah. is what we will review today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just like I think people are tantalized by the idea of a bad woman, like a evil, um, conniving, manipulative, damaging, violent woman. Like it, it's something we still like rarely see. And spoiler alert, the other documentary, the woman was innocent and was framed. But in this one, there is a malevolent woman presence. Well, we will see about that. Yes, there is. There is. <laughs> if any, if you know anything about the case or have seen this, you know, it, it, it has a lot of shocking twists and turns it's not what you would expect but it starts off very eerie so wait so wait sorry you're saying that you were taken by surprise by the quote big twist well no i i i i had read about this case previously oh, but i was okay, still okay. so you knew what was gonna happen but i was still scared and engrossed and the yeah, twists and scary. turns were more shocking than i had thought every okay. detail about this was very revealing the, and unexpected yes the details themselves the text themselves and the things that happened the devil i suppose was in the details like that that was the shocking part but the way they kind of tried to make it like a mystery with like a reveal a twist in the third act or whatever i was like i don't know anyone who would be watching this and not see this coming like just from vibes alone but um I didn't know about anything about this case before watching this. All I knew was it said Netflix number one new documentary. And I said, Hey, let's cover it. <laughs> you said, let's, let's go. Well, I was going <laughs> to say, let's get it pop and daddy. That's not appropriate in this context. <laughs> just, just for context. That's what Sammy and I say to each other when we're hyping each other up to record which is a quote. Yes, that is a quote from Lala Kent from Vanderpump Rules season four, which speaking of, if you want to hear us go on a very unhinged two hour long rant about all the Vanderpump news and a recap of the episode and all the latest from the New York Times article about these fools, Rachel goes rogue recap. We have that all over on the Patreon. Okay. We are working to give you what you want. We want to keep you fed. That's over patreon.com. So it's become a whole thing. And we can't stop. It's, it's our season. Like it's like, you know, baseball season or whatever for a sports reporter. I don't know the sports analogy. It's, it's our time right now where we just, we have to rise above hustle and mm -hmm. grind. And that's what, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. We're putting out two episodes this week on Patreon. Yeah. Three in total. Yeah, That's, we're hardworking women, but <laughs> we, yeah, yeah, we do deserve um, a badge of honor for that. But it's not about us. It's not about us right now. Um, it's about this documentary, Lover, Stalker, Killer, on, which came out this week on Netflix. And it has a very eerie beginning where we hear a man say that he says, I don't feel blameless in all of this. And 
We hear a 911 call from a woman who's been shot. We hear a news anchor saying that there was a love triangle gone wrong. Um, investigators saying they've never seen anything like this. And then we zoom out to the setup where we meet Dave Krupa for the first time. Regular guy working he, as a mechanic. He, I mean, the ultimate regular guy. The ultimate everyman. Like, just a regular, simple, simple man <laughs> who never could have predicted what is the power of his sexuality could no. cause. <laughs> no, it unleashed a demonic gateway to hell. Yeah. Like he's cute. He is cute. Like, you know, yeah. for for an Omaha mechanic. Like if I went in and got my car tuned up by him, I would say, "Oh, I don't know, cute. for a regular guy. I'm starting to just I don't know. <laughs> I've actually fell in love multiple times in this documentary, but we'll let's not skip it. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to just in general look at mid 40s blue collar men and say, "Hey, what's up?" Hey, yeah, like you've got a work ethic, you know, that's very appealing. Yeah. Um, his simpleness, just something yeah. about it. He he doesn't have to, he's not a man of many words, like, but you can tell that there's feeling there under the surface. Like, and normally anytime there's a crime documentary centering around a man, I hate that man. And I, I've really never wavered from that, but you can't hate him. No, no, it, it similarly it's the first type of documentary where you're just nothing but sympathetic to this man from start to finish mm -hmm. and it's it's incredibly hard to imagine what him and his family has gone through and and also the fact that he he still tries to take on some of the blame of how everything unfolded um even yeah, though exactly like is is blameless in this yes i know but like and this is like what we wish for like some of the characters on the show we shall not name is like to be able to like have humility and take some responsibility but um he does he tries his best and yeah so love you dave we love you dave um you're probably not eager to get into the dating game <laughs> but if you are if you change your mind like, i will email, set up a plenty of fish email in bio yeah emails in bio <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. So anyhow, um, so he had he had gotten together with this woman, Amy. It, he referred to her as his ex-partner. So I don't know if they got married, but they grew apart and separated. And she wanted to move to Omaha, Nebraska to get close to her family. They they did have kids together. And he said, of course, he's going to move. Uh, and be nearby because he wants to be near his kids. Mm -hmm. But at, in Omaha, Nebraska, he went on Plenty of Fish, dating website, and started casually dating around. And he met two women, Carrie Farber and Liz. Well, first, Goliar, I, okay. first on Plenty of Fish alone is where he met his first date, which is Liz Golier. And they like started dating, going to honky tonks, riding bulls, getting drunk, having sex. Um, yeah, she was a single mom like him. They both had two kids. Um, and he was like, I yeah, I don't want anything serious. And then one day at the old mechanic shop where he was, quote, turning wrench, <laughs> very sexy turn of phrase, um, he met the beautiful Carrie, um, Carrie Farber and then saw her later 
on Plenty of Fish. And so he was able to slide into her DMs with the good old, hey, I know you, wink. And she said, I know you too. And they met up and he was like, look, I don't want anything serious. I'm like kind of going through divorce. I'm like, just moved to this place. Like I'm just dating around. And he like really liked Carrie though. And they started spending like way more time together than he, and he kind of petered out with Liz, more focusing on Carrie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. More focusing on Carrie, but he did tell both women from the start that he didn't want anything serious. He talked about his recent separation. They were both single moms too. And he said everyone was copacetic. Everyone understood and was on, on, seemed to be on board with this. Um, And we all know sometimes you say one thing, (laughs) maybe you're trying to be a cool girl. (laughs) You say, no problem. I'll take take it casual, but maybe you're deranged. (laughs) You don't actually want to keep it casual at all. Um, So, yeah. So he's. But usually that's like, that's like just taking it to the notes app or blowing up your friend's phone. But this takes a very unfortunate turn. So he was hanging out with Liz when Carrie needed no, to no, stop. No, 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 no. He was dating. Oh. He was. <laughs> Sorry. I remember this part. He was with Carrie and they had just had a great date and he took her back to his apartment. And he said as soon as they walked in the door to the apartment, they hadn't even taken their coats off yet. And he gets a knock at the door. And True. he goes down this to open very the door. Important. It's very important. And it's Liz. And he's like, what a coincidence. This is so awkward that you came by. She says, I need to grab some stuff from the apartment upstairs that I left up there. And he's like, well, this is really bad timing because I just brought a date over. Like, oh, my God. Like, embarrassing. And so Carrie, a very classy lady, decides to leave. Walk by Liz, you know, say hello. Um, just on my way out. And... uh to avoid the awkwardness there of just like sitting around like waiting for this um whatever exchange of goods to finish um but she still wants to get down so as soon as that visit is over um carrie calls him on or they call each other whatever on the cell phone and she's like why don't you just come back to my place which is like a few towns over but we'll at least have privacy there and they go and hook up this is the beginning of the end (laughs) this is Oof. This is a, this is the beginning of the end because at this point Carrie leaves and afterwards he gets a text from her that he says this is when his life changed where mm-hmm. she says we should move in together and then starts then he says up his phone because he's hesit- he hesitates he's, he's like, like he's like whoa I thought we talked about this like we just we just talked about this when we had sex last night and you said, this is just going to be casual. We're not monogamous. We're going to date. And he's like, exactly. We're on the exact same page. And now this morning you text me, let's move in together. That's weird. Like I thought we just talked about this. And she's like, fine, fuck you. You ruined my life. I'm going to fucking ruin yours. And then it's just like endless barrage of texts that never, ever stops for years. Yeah. Um. So the text after he hesitates, it quickly changes to you ruined my life, you know, just it gets really negative. And he goes home at one point and all of Carrie's stuff, because, you know, when you're seeing someone like her, you know, if you change a clothes, toothbrush, we're gone from his apartment. And she kept on harassing him by text. So he said, okay, like, I guess that just 
ended really badly, you know, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we now hear from Carrie's mother who couldn't get in touch with her daughter. And the sheriff then shows up at Dave's work saying that Carrie's mother filed a missing persons report. So he's going to be a suspicious person in this. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was strange because at the same time, Carrie was texting her mom, wishing her happy mother's day, posting on Facebook saying like she doesn't need time to herself. She's going to make changes in her life. She sent an email to her work saying, sorry, I quit. You won't see me again. Like I'm moving to Kansas and just like starting a new life. Um, Mom is suspicious. But when the cops come to talk to Dave, he's like, just look at my phone. And they see like all the crazy texts from Carrie's number. And they're like, oh, okay. So this is, this is just like, they're like, another classic case of psycho (laughs) ex-girlfriend but you know what the you know what the issue you know what my issue is with with stories like this being so promoted and out there it's that so much of the time um people internet sleuths and conspiracy theorists jump on stories and think there has to be this crazy web of lies and all these ulterior motives when most of the time it is just someone having a mental health episode, a psychotic episode, whatever it is, that's 99% of the time in this sort of thing, what's happening. Mm -hmm. It's just someone's had a break. It's not the Illuminati that got them. It's just someone had a break. And that is way more common than I guess people seem to think because that's just never offered up as the first thing in these cases and so with something like this it really is this real life made for a documentary style yeah turn they try to like in this documentary first the blame first they're like trying to frame our bipolar girl carrie um Mm -hmm. later we find out it's not her fault not her mistake not her craziness at all well she was well she was diagnosed um with bipolar disorder but but yeah yeah exactly no I'm, i'm just saying like that that was real, but she had a handle on it, was taking her meds and everything was fine, fine with yeah. it. Yeah. And and the whole time they're saying this, I'm like, I'm thinking like, this, this isn't like tracking for me. This isn't like the behavior of a bipolar person. I don't know. I mean, to me, it just wasn't hitting 100% right. And um, so then anyway, so Liz shows up to Dave and she's like, oh my God, my key, my car was like viciously keyed by Carrie. Look at all these messages I'm getting from her, threats. Um, I'm scared and Dave wants to protect Liz, you know, his ex. So they start getting closer. He's trying to stay near her and they eventually like rekindle the flame between them. Um, meanwhile, he's getting all these crazy messages from Carrie that are endless. Like come meet me at apartment 12 and you're in your complex. And then he gets there. There is no apartment 12. Um, Liz's garage has, but, but when he shows, like, when he's walking to meet her at this apartment, he's he, he's getting texts from her and he's thinking, is she, is she watching me right now? Like, he's just oh, looking yeah. around we at all the even... apartments. The, para- the paranoia starts to, to set in. We haven't um, even mentioned how most of the harassing texts are like, I see you in your red sweater um, at, at the coffee shop. I see you at the park pushing your kid on the swing. Um, stuff like that. It, terrifying. You're being watched all the time. You never feel safe. Um, yeah, it, it's crazy. So he's seeing how like Liz's kids are so scared about the like car being keyed, the spray paint in her garage that says whore, the text, the threats, 
it's like really affecting them and he he's like telling his ex-wife amy what was going on and she's like what the fuck like my kids are not going to be around this so she insists that the kids don't leave her her house and he visits them there um but at, the, and at the same time all of his concerns with liz he understands her fear um for her life and her kids but it's bringing them closer together they're really bonding because they're two of the only people that can understand along yeah. with with amy his his ex and the mother of his children but but they're not in a relationship anymore so it, it is really cementing his and liz's relationship at the time yeah and the stuff like the threats against liz are escalating so it seems she gets her window broken threats on the mirror her clothes are all stabbed up like violently that's a huge which is which is so big to go from tex to the garage was broken into to then the house is broken into and Mm -hmm. everyone's thinking someone is going to get seriously hurt Mm -hmm. yeah so um and then one day he gets a text that liz's house has been set on fire her home was burned completely down all her pets died inside. I mean, at this point, the police are trying to find Carrie to arrest her, but they they can't find her anywhere. Yeah. Which they said is not uncommon in situations like this. I don't think there's a ton of stalker arsonists who then stay at the scene of the crime. Like I think someone fleeing is, yeah. I don't want to say standard, but in this sort of case, yes. And... Dave understands when, as a result of this, Liz moves away and is like, I won't be giving you my forwarding address because I'm scared of this stalker. Um, And he's like, totally get it. And he moves away, too, to try and start fresh. Um, But, uh, yeah, then he tries to date again in his new place, meets another woman online, beautiful woman, um, gets waiting for her at a date he is being stood up but keeps getting texts like oh i'm late i'm late but i'll be there um and keeps him like sitting around there for like hours looking like an idiot (laughs) sorry it's not it's not funny like it is kind of like very it's very psychologically I, I, like it has to be some kind of gift to like know how to like torture people and humiliate people like this effectively well, it's almost to the point where if it was a horror movie, it would be like a lazy plot because it's just such a like cartoon villain way of yeah. acting it, where yeah. it's like, it's like, oh, I'm late. I'm late. Actually, it's me. It's Carrie. And that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, after an hour of him sitting at this restaurant, waiting- multiple hours, like he said, he kept being like getting up to leave and then he'd get one more text being like, I'm so sorry. I'm late. I'm just on the way. I'm almost there. <laughs> She's yeah. So She's an evil genius um, and he is scared as fuck. Now there's now Carrie, quote unquote, is starting to threaten Amy, his ex, their kids, stalking them at the park, threatening, specifically threatening the kids' lives. Her son, who's like 10, starts sleeping on the couch with a baseball bat to try and protect the family. It's so devastating. Dave buys a gun, but goofy ass Dave as usual, doesn't know how to secure his gun. He's like, I kept it in its case and I put it high up in the closet out of my kid's reach, but within my reach. And it's like, okay, I mean, people, 
this is how like toddlers shoot people is like they forget like people forget that like kids can like move a chair over somewhere and like climb up and get something I thought it, like I really i thought it was in a, i mean it was in a case or i guess it, yeah, but you just flip the light it wasn't in a locked case like you have to right. lock guns like it, it's just stupid True. anyway yeah, i guess i haven't thought yeah i i don't know i, I guess yeah I it really it really them. really bothered me to see him put that up there and be like check mark like he's like oh, being see, stalked by like a genie an evil genius like, well see i i i thought oh because it's easy within reach but that's i guess an amateur move but he did say that he's an amateur he said he didn't want to be someone who owned a gun but he felt the need to protect his kids i feel for him i don't think he's the brightest bulb i think he's a good soul um but what he did was very very dangerous and that is literally how people oh yeah of course of course the family end up shooting each other and stuff anyway um so carrie at this point hasn't been seen for two years and her apartment was left full of clothes nothing taken so but at the same time she's sporadically sending updates to her mom Mm -hmm. talking about her new job how she's doing really well she's living in kansas she just wants to be left alone doing her own thing and again this type of thing where people just run away from their lives and start a whole new life it happens every it day. It happens. It happens. And it happens to people we've known. Like, you. Oh, yeah. Some people yeah. just are like, I will not be talking to anyone for my life anymore. I'm literally starting a whole new life with a new identity. And I don't want anything from the past. I don't want any of my that's, stuff. That's true. And like, where people don't know if they're dead or alive, alive or and, dead. Yeah. yeah so, that, that so it has happened. Yeah. To us. In most of these cases, it is rife with police incompetence and negligence. In this one, it's definitely more of a question mark. Like, should they have done more sooner? Probably. Um, yes, <laughs> with the escalating threats and everything. But um, it seemed like no one was investigating it in a serious way for for two years. And then, or rather, they were investigating it from the perspective of there's this woman who is being incredibly dangerous and threatening but we can't find her yeah i think yeah, it, it can't it find wasn't, her. no one was I, getting I serious ch- about trying to find where she went which is frustrating right. to me but i know how underfunded these things are so anyway yeah finally. donate your local police force <laughs> <laughs> okay okay whatever the most I'm... underfunded <laughs> arm of government absolutely <laughs> <laughs> well, they never are diverting resources to investigations. Like, they don't investigate robberies. They don't investigate anything, it seems. They just don't care. They just, like, write it down. But in this case, finally, eventually, some some guys, some real characters who work for the, the police um, detectives and forensic experts, the dream team of three dudes is like, hey, can we take on this case, actually? And the sheriff is like, sure, I don't give a fuck. Because there's just something about it that's kind of bugging them, where they're, yeah. they, the case has kind of gone cold at this point because it has been two years, but they're like, there's just something about it that has, it, it's not sitting well with us. There's more to it. And there are a few suspicious things. So for um, Carrie's mom brings up that the bank records show two transactions in the days after she went missing, then nothing. And at the time when she went missing, her dad was dying and the mom said she would, Carrie would never leave in this situation. Mm -hmm. And after he passed, um, the mom, Carrie's mom had a dream where he said, it's okay, Carrie's with me. And she said in that moment, she knew she was not alive. Yeah. That's not enough to relay to an investigator to prove anything. But it's a hundred percent 
real. It's 100% real evidence. Like I had the same dream after my, my grandpa passed away and he had a message about what life was like on the other side and to tell everyone not to worry. And he was like pain-free and like weightless and all this stuff. And it, I knew in that moment it was hundred percent real. And I knew in this moment, as soon as mom said this, this was hundred percent real and a visit from beyond the grave. And like, if only the investigators would take her at her word, but so, so she was like convinced in her heart of hearts that Carrie was dead the whole time. And that she knew that ever since that dream, which is heartbreaking. And then she also has to try and get people on side to agree with her that she's dead when there's no, body there's no blood there's no evidence that something happened to her which is so frustrating um but then sexy nerdy it guy gets involved and this is this man tony (laughs) i fell in love with him like they really show his quirks because they just film him for a minute getting set up where he's really awkwardly shuffling around and talking about how he's autistic and he's drinking his Soylent. Yeah, and, and he's like, he's this is very... just how what nerds do is they just drink so they don't have to leave the computer to drink their food. And he's like, he's so sweet. He has beautiful eyes and he's so smart and he's so dedicated to his work. And damn, this wasn't meant to be a thirst trap documentary. I'm, I know, but I know. But like, so that we were scared. So we were just like <laughs> me- meaning to find comfort. No, no <laughs> what I have with him is 100% real. It's not based on like anything else other than like our connection. And like, if he could just meet me, I really think that he would see that I'm the right girl for him. Yeah, earmuffs to your husband. If he's listening, <laughs> why are you listening right now? It's not for you. No, okay? get out of here. <laughs> yeah. But, um. He's just like, yeah, I just have to say, like, skip to the end, like, when he's literally diagnosed with a brain tumor, and they're like, we're gonna have to operate, and he's like, will that make me have to take time off work doing it, investigating on the computer, and they're like, well, yeah, and he's like, then not till this case is closed will I be intervening on my brain tumor, I have to fucking close this case. I'm like, this is literally, this is the ideal man, like, this is what's missing from today. Fucking dedicate to something and fucking work. Show up yeah. and go to work. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he works for the police, which is not really a man we desire, but everything he else works about him. Or the police, but he is not a policeman. <laughs> he is a forensic investigator. True, true. Okay, okay. Is this, are we switching? <laughs> this is now a propaganda podcast. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying, like, this guy, he's just an IT guy. He's not a cop. He's, he's so smart. Anyway. I love him. Um, He wrote his own program to sort through the IP addresses that all of these freaky messages had been coming from to find out which ones show up over and over to try and determine a home base for this person who had been sending these messages. And he's like, oh, who, who does it go back to? Todd Butterbaugh? <laughs> Butterbaugh? Todd, Todd Butterbaugh <laughs> uh, in Iowa. And this is where, like, this is what I'm saying about how it would be a lazy plot of a horror movie because it's like, <laughs> okay, it's it's actually all the messages. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All the threatening messages from Carrie are coming back to the home of Todd Butterbog in Iowa, an IT guy who works for the county sheriff's department and is one of this IT guy's employees. Tony. He's one of Tony. Tony's Sorry. employees. It's <laughs> like, fuck, oh no, this is not ideal. So anyway, they have to get a search warrant, show up at Todd's house and are like, okay, Todd, all these, all these threatening messages are coming from your internet. So what's going on? Is anyone else living here? And he's like, oh yeah, I have an on and off again, girlfriend who's been living here ever since her house burned down named liz dun 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 so here's the big twist liz has been impersonating carrie the whole time and they realize that liz is the stalker not the victim um so dave is told that and he's like oh shit so carrie's probably been dead this whole time and we've really you know in this community we have been dragging carrie's name through the mud and painting her as a psychopath who went off her meds and has done nothing but tr- threaten to kill children. In, yeah. Like, and understandably treating Liz as the victim who is someone who's getting her life threatened every day and yes. getting her house destroyed and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, so my boyfriend, Tony gets back. He, he finds an iPad that belonged to Liz and he extracts the SD card from it. And he's able to, even though it's been wiped, like, honestly, Liz is, again, evil genius. She's done a very good job of covering her tracks, a very good job of deleting things. Pause. So this, the whole reason why they get this iPad in the first place is because they're pouring over evidence and going over the same text like hundreds of times to see if there's anything that they missed. You, this is where you hear them talk about uh, how they're, their lives are falling apart and their marriages are falling apart because they're spending all their time on this investigation, which, mm-hmm. yeah, well, uh, copy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Just all these good hardworking men. Anyway, but they, they think, okay, what, let's try one last time. Let's, let's talk to Dave and see if there's any electronics from this time and they, they just mention it kind of offhand, almost at the end of the day when they're they're leaving. Like, do you have any more electronics from the time and uh, where you were with Liz and Carrie? So he, he's looking through his stuff and yeah, he finds an iPad and this is the smoking gun. Yeah. So it has been completely wiped, but because 
Tony doesn't let anything hold him back. He spends hours recovering the deleted files from it, and he's able to get 11,000 pictures, but they're only thumbnails because they were deleted um, previously, which is interesting to me as someone who knows nothing about technology. But So now they've got tiny, tiny, 11,000 tiny pictures that they have to go through time and time and time and time again. They're seeing Um, a lot of selfies of Liz. Yeah, that's how they tip off that it's Liz's phone um it's her sd card from her phone at the time so at the time that carrie died um or went missing on the sd card they find all these selfies of liz but that's nothing suspect yet then they but they're realizing this is from her phone they find a photo of carrie's car right and this was from weeks before it was recovered by police so this was after her death, but before the the car was found. Mm-hmm. And so the investigators go back to what was found on the car at the time. And they realized there was a fingerprint um, that had been recovered, went back to what they found of the car at the time. But it's like they, this woman went, went missing, but there was a fingerprint, but the fingerprint could just be someone in her car. Like it didn't it could have been like someone she gave a ride to, you know? So they were mm-hmm. like, whatever, there's a fingerprint. doesn't matter. But then they were like, wait, the, who does this match up with? You know what I mean? They're yeah. Like, right. Yeah. They confirm that her fingerprint is in the car. They place her in the car after Liz, after Carrie's death. They realize that we have Liz's fingerprints on Carrie's car. And they immediately, they're wondering what else she's capable of where carrie is there's all these questions but they realize they have to put a tracker on liz's vehicle so they find through this that she's circling amy's house every day the mother of dave's kids this is where they start to crack down on the case so at the same time dave realizes that his gun has been moved so you're right the gun was not in a good place. <laughs> this is why I'm unqualified to own and bear arms. But his gun has been get, right. It's been moved, and then he opens it, and he's like, "It's gone." Yeah, it's been it's taken, fully gone. <laughs> and who calls the police, saying that they've been shot? Liz, shot She's in been the shot leg. in the leg. Yeah, and uh, she does. She does some good acting on that call. This well, woman, I mean, yeah. This woman shot me and she ran away. Well, she and, was really um, shot in the leg. Yeah, but I mean, her, her story, I mean, she's just a good liar. Like, she's a very prolific, talented liar um, and performer. Um, and they have to sort of really bring the psychological games to compete with her level of psychological deception. So they bring her mm-hmm. in for questioning and she's like, Amy shot me go arrest Amy. She's psychotic. Um, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amy's, Amy's the suspect. Um, so they, they're falsely telling her that Amy's the suspect. She's, yes. They're, they're, they're giving this to her as bait because they're hoping that she's going to reveal all this extra information mm-hmm. about herself. If they're like, Oh, you know, of course the suspicion's not on you. Poor woman whose house has been burnt down and shot mm-hmm. and, and pets killed and everything. Yes. But they understand how diabolical she is. So they know that she's going to be trying to volunteer up 
more information to get yeah. Amy arrested. Yes, that's what the, they're like. In order to arrest her, we essentially need a confession from her. Um, we need details. So first they, they say they need a confession to the shooting. And then and hopefully lo- the whereabouts of Carrie. Yes, of course. But lo and behold, as soon as they tell her what that what they need, she's sending emails to herself from Amy, quote unquote, to Liz being like, I shot you once and I'll do it again. And, you know, so and they can tell forensically that she's sending these emails to herself. So they're building their case. They're showing her trying to cover her tracks. And then the investigators get a bit diabolical and they convince Dave from a POV of just being a good citizen to move back in with his ex Amy to protect her and keep her safe. And he's like, absolutely. Um, but that's really just to try and push Liz to go crazy. <laughs> yeah. They try it. They're trying to drive Liz to the brink of full yeah. insanity as if that hasn't happened already. And <laughs> I mean, that it does make sense that I guess he would want to protect Amy and his kids at this point. Um, but it's just so also, rough that they're playing poor Dave. <laughs> And poor Amy and the kids, like they were using them as bait. Um, it's it's not the best ulterior motive, uh, but you know it's you know they're the cops, and we haven't even mentioned that the, the main cop sharing the story is like a disco cowboy, <laughs> like with red glasses and enormous cowboy hat, like tassels. Like he's such a character, a Hawaiian shirt, and he's just like this big city boy who's never been around a horse but he's like committed to this bit for his whole life of wearing a costume every day i couldn't handle that information <laughs> like i would see him and i'm like i can't process this right now my mind has a lot going on but yeah there's a lot of a lot of characters in this yeah but so so they bait they they bait dave um by getting him to move in with amy and if the plot works liz goes yeah even even more insane than she's already gone and yeah she's, she's calling, calling the police in tears sobbing being like why is amy walking free she needs to be arrested she shot me and she killed carrie and they're like okay well again we need to see like can you get amy to admit details about how she killed amy where she dumped her body all that stuff and of course liz writes those emails right up <laughs> sends them over yeah. yeah and lo and behold in these emails amy is confessing that she killed carrie in her car mm-hmm. in carrie's own Stabbed car her. yeah yeah and she's detailing in really gruesome ways what she did to carrie and so they they realize okay they need to look into carrie's car mm-hmm. and it it's methodical they spray the whole the whole thing down with this chemical that reveals blood when it's under blue light. They don't find anything. They end Not up taking- a drop. And yeah. that's because Liz worked as a professional cleaner. And as a professional cleaner currently myself, I can also say that I would immaculately clean a murder scene. No problem. And there's not one drop, not one drop of blood left in this car. But then- They pull the car apart. They take all the seats out. They rip off all the the surfaces they take out all the the stuffing of the car and they find blood stains yeah it's the only thing that gave her away was the blood seeped through the leather seat into the foam where it could not be cleaned and could not be removed um so thank god that's how they're able to 
identified like this large amount of Carrie's blood and now they've got the evidence they need that something happened violent to her in the car and yeah they they and they know that it's Liz sending the emails so they finally have the like slam dunk evidence that they need to go and arrest Liz Mm -hmm. yeah they finally arrest Liz bring her in for questioning and this is the first time that we get to hear Liz's voice and it sounds like pure Karen pure Karen final boss it sounds like those videos of when Karens will do something like racist in a mall and then they're like you can't arrest me I'm an American citizen yeah totally it is that same sort of like state of like I don't want to say psychosis but like where you're like well, I think that's not that much of a stretch with Liz yeah something's going on but like she's yeah she works herself up into these like fits I don't know screaming and crying and and all they and and they're saying like you wrote these emails we approved I never wrote emails like all she's doing is just screaming no No. but not with any proof yeah she's just like no I fucking didn't where's my fucking lawyer um yeah she's such I mean I when I was watching her I was like yeah she's defensive which maybe is a sign of lying maybe not but I'm like she's a pretty good liar like she because she doesn't have that like conscience that sort of gives a a a, like a contradictory flavor to like your like when you're trying to lie and you feel guilty you you show that in different ways Mm -hmm. but she clearly has no remorse no guilt she's just her only thing is she's committed to this lie that she has no no idea what's going on Mm -hmm. and yeah and then they meanwhile our it heroes are trolling (laughs) through the evidence and going back to this same tablet the same smoking gun tablet they are going through all the photos and there's this one photo that the they said at first because it's just blurry they thought it was some kind of plant yeah they they thought it was a piece of wood or something yeah something like that they realize it's actually a very blurry foot and they reference medical um medical books to to look over what a foot would look like um, with all the veins after someone had died. And they realize that this is, that is what this is. Um, it is. Yeah, it's like a vein, vein marbling or something that happens. Yeah, a certain type of marbling of the veins, yeah, after, uh, after death. And there's also a tattoo on it. And they're able to show this to Carrie's mother to get her to confirm that this is her foot so and it's very um I feel like as much as it's really haunting what happened to Carrie's mom and her family and horrific it's she's being protected even in these circumstances by some kind of guide because it just the the tattoo was a symbol for mother um Mm -hmm. It was a Chinese symbol, which you know speaks the early two thousands. So don't don't blame Carrie. Don't don't cancel Carrie. No, <laughs> no, but but like that's how she was able to identify this. I know th- that it was it, Carrie. Oh, I got I got a chill. Like it, it was so significant and eerie, and like yeah, the fact that this photo was even like they show the photo a bunch, and it's almost impossible to make out what it is until you know what it is, and then. It, you your eyes can understand it but like 
it takes a brilliant mind of Tony's to like sort through this and and figure this out and keep going. And he said he stared at it and stared at it for hours, like twisting it every which way and blowing it up, making it small. What is this? Like, but this 11, photo was, this and this was essential because they were going into this case knowing how difficult it was going to be to win it because there is no body, there's no definitive yeah. proof of exactly what happened they have some blood stains but that's that's not enough and they 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 you know they realize that obviously it's liz but but proving that with with uh, beyond reasonable doubt in court is a different story like you look at famous cases like casey anthony and there's people getting off on Mm -hmm. technicalities all the time from horrific crimes Mm -hmm. yeah and and basically she had described in some of these emails like burning the body i think like burning it and in a parking garage so there was nothing left and they never recover any any parts of the body from what i know and the judge when he made his ruling in court he um he... yeah at first he he kind of gags them all because he's reading out the jury's verdict and they're like they started off by being like the county has not met its burden of proof by not providing any any yeah. remains of, of this really, victim. And it, it really yeah, sounds everybody, like... Yeah. It sounded yeah. like he was going to say, so we had to acquit, not guilty. Um, but thank God, he's like, however, the digital evidence like has made up for that fact. And like because of this like bizarre trophy photo of this foot, like, you know, fuck this bitch, essentially, and sentenced her to yeah. life in prison, no chance of parole. Yeah, so she luckily was removed from society, which yeah. seems very necessary with someone as diabolical. As I was Liz. Googling after this. I'm like, Liz speaks, interview with Liz. Like, what has she said since she's been in prison? She has not spoken a word to anyone. Like, we do not know anything more about her you know perspective on all this later i mean she essentially destroyed herself yes she killed an innocent woman but she killed all of her pets burned her house down shot herself uh keyed her own car stabbed her own clothes like moved her family like she she destroyed away from her own kids yeah and even engineered the breakup with dave this guy who she could have kept conning and stayed with but she was the one who after the house burned down was like cut off all contact with him moved away it was like so what is your motive like is your motive to get this guy and win or is it to just torture him forever like you can't understand you can't understand a motive in a case like this where it almost just feels like pure evil i want to say because i know that money can corrupt people obviously so in cases like this when there's large sums of money you know it's like life insurance fraud i'm not saying that's excusable in any way but with this the fact there's they hadn't been together very long just casually seeing each other and she blows up her own life his life anyone who's connected to him in the process uh yeah over something that we can't understand that's where it tips into well i i did like I kept digging until I could find out like anything about her and more than what was shared in the series. And what I found out was, well, her childhood was fucked, obviously. Um, She had one ex-husband kind of thing she had a kid with when she was 21. And that baby died of shaken baby syndrome, which she blamed on 
the man like the baby daddy and but he had like severe brain damage and so his family says that he was coerced into a false confession and they think that she killed her baby um which is they were 21 when that happened so it's like it just kind of got buried and she ended up having those two more kids who i can't find out anything about them where are they now are they okay like good that's good though that they can't be found because when there's a famous netflix documentary there are so many freaks that come out of the woodwork and they're trying to contact these these people and so i'm glad i'm glad that yes I, I pray that they are like spared as much as possible from the the, the sins of their mother but um yeah basically all i know about her is that and this is from the cinemaholic.com so take it with a grain of salt but their investigators determined that um her real name is shanna and she grew up in kalamazoo michigan in a massive dysfunctional family her parents names are not known um they lost custody of two children before she was born. Her father faced charges of indecent sexual liberties with a minor. She was placed into foster care. Um, then the mother was able to reobtain custody of the kids after all of this. Um, but then with two weeks before they were to reunite with permanent custody, the mom died in a car accident and the father drank himself to death. So all the siblings were separated in the foster family system. Um and she was then adopted and they gave her a new name. Then she married this guy, Raymond, who they met at Triple S Plastics, where they worked. And uh, yeah, she had two kids, but and then had a third who who died 10 years after that. She met Dave. Um, but the guy who was very, very fucked up life, I will say. Like, I, we, you know, it's always a mystery how people can act this way, like but it has to be some sort of break that happens to you mentally when you've had that kind of trauma, I guess. Well, uh, yeah, of course there's, there's people that experience a lot of trauma and then there's people that have predisposition to being psychopathic or, you know, the official diagnosis for that is antisocial personality disorder, but just to have no empathy and we've gone back and forth mm-hmm. about whether people are capable of being born like this or whether it's all trauma. And yeah, I'm, we'll never know. Yeah, I know. Well, I've, I've come out, I've said, I don't know, because even if you had experienced trauma, obviously it doesn't excuse this behavior. But at the same time, I do wonder if there are cases of people that are relatively well adjusted and that's just, there's just screws loose. There's just wires that are connected wrong and yeah and that's kind of what jeffrey dahmer's dad says about jeffrey dahmer that he was just born that way and his life wasn't that bad and he just kind of was always just a real freak um but then people say like well he could have secrets that none of us know about Yeah, what if the dad was doing fucked up shit yeah exactly and i mean the dad kind of like I think he was just into taxidermy, but then Dahmer took that to like a whole other but level. But you just can't know because even the, that's the scary thing about just having kids in the world is because even if you have raised a kid well and you don't know about any trauma, you don't know. Like there's times where they're not with you. They're with a babysitter. They're at yeah. school. Something could have happened there. Like you just never know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and you don't know what people's predispositions are until some things happen where they've been pushed over that edge. Yeah. And like some people they can be taught 
things that are bad and they go ahead and do those things. And some people just know inherently that that's wrong and they don't want to victimize people in that same way. And maybe it's just like a slight difference in the brain of what you can normalize and learn and repeat or a conscience or whatever. I mean, if you're born without a conscience, I don't think that makes you a bad person. You could just do everything right anyway because you had good leaders in your life or Yeah, I actually actually follow the YouTube channel of a woman who is uh, diagnosed antisocial personality. She has no empathy and she's had her boyfriend on a bunch who he argues that she's even a better person than your average person because she would feel no guilt for doing bad things but chooses to not because she understands logically that's not right. Yeah. Yeah. All the cluster bees, you know, I, I just saw a TikTok today that was like, it was like a, a, a woman with borderline personality disorder being like, I am so tired of fellow borderliners looking down at our fellow cluster bees and narcissists and, and antisocial personality disorders and saying that they're so much worse when they're just the fucking other side of the coin and look in the mirror, bitch. Yeah. Like Some of my favorite people are cluster B diagnosed and they just deal with their shit and do their best to manage it and yeah god knows like i've never been mentally well um and i I try not to judge and you know in this case there's some things that we have to judge as a society and we have to condemn well it's not even just judge it's more like it's it's chilling it's chilling chilling because you're like why why because it's so it's so like senseless she was spending they said 40 to 50 hours a week on this job of impersonating Carrie, of setting her up, of tormenting everyone in Dave's life. And why? What would make someone fixate on that when they've got their own kids, their own life to lead? Like she had a boyfriend who was. Or sleep. I don't. I know. I know. I know. It's all consuming. And it's like, how do you, if you don't have remorse and you don't, you seemingly are like, you would think like lacking certain emotions, but then like, this was like, an emotion that she couldn't that just consumed her like every day she woke up crying and rageful towards dave and just chose to take that whole day again and try to ruin his life yeah tough to put yourself honestly when i when i saw lover stalker killer i thought maybe we'd be served some cuntiness vibes in this show it's like maybe i'll be like on the side of the no, stalker maybe Sammy, he no it. maybe he led her on that's what i was thinking right. i was like women don't act this way for no reason but then to see someone who really truly did i i was gagged i, I must say i know i i thought maybe when you recommended this to me that you had seen it before and that you were trolling me by showing me a documentary where the man was truly the sympathetic character <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> no i trolled myself okay <laughs> i trolled myself okay okay yeah uh no this this was a very unusual case and I don't regret I don't know what we learned from it I don't know what we take away from it other than being a little bit more scared of people I see in the grocery store yeah I'm gonna crawl back to my reality tv next week or or documentaries I know the Wendy Williams documentary is coming out oh yeah I am looking forward to that that'll be tough to watch too that'll be oh yeah we're good but we we have to cover it I know I know we do we're we're journalists Mm -hmm. but um we are yeah, I mean, maybe, award-winning maybe journalist. watch, maybe try watching like a prestige show or movie or something at some point too, or crack a book or just. I think <laughs> not. I think I'm going to sit and wait for the traders on Thursday. I'm going to sit just twiddling my thumbs until that day. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. Also, fair enough. Also, do my little 
do my little stitching in the meantime. Nice. That's wholesome, right? Doing. Yeah, it's wholesome. I mean, I'm just like, I just worry about like, my mental prowess. Is your brain getting enough exercise? My brain <laughs> is not. And <laughs> is that bad? Is that so bad? That There's puzzles, I think, I've, that are supposed to like be fine. I've been doing puzzles with my dementia dad, so it's to help him, but maybe it's to help both of us. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it does exactly. It does. Puzzles are great. No, um, I know. It's for, I was thinking of like I had a. So, I know it's for that reason, but I guess. Hey, I'm getting. I too. was thinking like online puzzles. There's like stuff like brain teasers and stuff to keep your mental age like low. Yeah, maybe check in I've on been, that. I mean, I've <laughs> been doing one called Candy Crush. It's a mental <laughs> puzzle that you might have heard of. You might not. I don't know. Oh, heard of it, Obama. I got to like a level, you know, 10,000 or something like, at one point. You need to be on antidepressants because <laughs> yeah. that's that's the upper limits. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm getting to with it. Um, but, you know, neither here nor there. Cool. You'll keep crushing that candy. I will. Oh. Um, and we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Yeah. We love you so much. Thank you for sticking with us. Yeah. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.